0: This is the All Pro Wrestling 100 podcast for Wednesday, November 25th, 2020. I'm your host, JB. This podcast is all pro wrestling and is only pro wrestling. Tonight, we are going to have the Impact Wrestling, and independent show review for you. We're going to cover Impact Wrestling's latest Impact on Access TV, as well as Ring of Honor episode 479 and ROW down in Texas. We got a lot of matches and a lot of talent to get to. Who are we going to put over? Who are we going to bury? Find out right now. Kicking off Impact, match two of the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Title Tournament. Say that ten times fast. Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steele versus the Sea Stars. Now, I had never seen the Sea Stars before. I'm a big fan. You know what I'm going to say. Every time we got a women's match with a couple of new chicks, I'm saying, I'm a big fan. And, and I'm a big fan. This is no different. Sea Stars, The Shimmer, Tag Champions, Ashley Vox, and her sister, Delmi Exo. Now, Delmi Exo, my favorite of the sisters. She wears a green and white one-piece bathing suit, which normally I would say, hey, one-piece bathing suits went out with, like, I don't know, Gidget in the 1960s. But she makes this work. Looks really hot. And she's in there against Kiara Hogan. And um, I've been a fan of Kiara Hogan since Moses wore short pants, folks. Kiara Hogan, since she dyed her hair blue and started wearing fishnet stockings and showing her entire backside. I've been putting her over. Go back to October of last year and listen to me put over Kiara Hogan and talk about how she's gonna be a knockouts champion. And she still hasn't been. But that's not my fault. She still looks good. Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles win this match over the Sea Stars, but I hope we see the Sea Stars again. I hope that we get a, a little shimmer impact wrestling crossover. I would dig that. Matt Stryker on commentary He's a former WWE talent and NXT host. At the six-minute mark, Delmi Exo hits a suplex and a bridge pin attempt, and I think I fell in love with her. So if you're going to watch any match, watch this one. It's the first match of the program. Kiara Hogan swinging neckbreaker and pin on Delmi Exo, and they move on in the tournament. Second segment, we got Rohit Raju versus Suicide. Last week, we had a really long explanation of how TJP couldn't take on Rohit Raju anymore for the X Division title. But if he was to, say, pull a Dusty Rhodes and become a different character, he could. So everybody expected Suicide to be TJP tonight. But Suicide wasn't TJP. And Suicide gets the win, and it's actually Crazy Steve. So Crazy Steve with his monkey doll gets the win, while TJP comes out and stands on the ramp. It was interesting. They swerved me. They swerved me. Next up, Kimberly with the Knockouts champion, Deanna Perazzo, who I'm always a fan of when she comes out, versus Killer Kelly with Renee Michelle. I don't know Renee Michelle and Killer Kelly. Uh, Killer Kelly came out with an MMA presentation, like kind of like a Shayna Baszler. It was about the halfway point in this match where Kimberly has some sexy leg scissors to the body, you know, and they're just laying there on the mat. And I realized that Impact Wrestling in 2020 just has a better women's division than the WWE. It is a better wrestling presentation. It represents a more realistic range of female body types. They have a wider variety of characters. They're better in an empty arena, and it's just better wrestling. It's a shame that the WWE has so many women under contract that just tread water. Asuka carries WWE women's programming right now with a locker room full of women back there, and I just can't find any explanation for it except they're not looking at what other companies are doing. Kimberly hits a tilt-the-world backbreaker, followed by a swanton bomb. This was crazy. Kimberly, sexy, bigger girl, swanton bomb off the top and a pin. Susie comes out post-match and appears with her doppelganger, Sue Young. They had me for a minute there. I was like, what is happening? This is impossible. They're the same person. They did some fancy camera work. The advantage of being able to post-produce in a COVID era is you can work magic. Susie and her alternate personality, Sue Young, out on the ramp at the same time, working the same promo. I was digging it. They're not going to be able to work a tag match, but this was pretty cool. Next we have the North Ethan Page, booked against AJ Styles. Yes, you heard that right. AJ Styles, I am, I am, that whole thing. And what comes out is Hornswoggle McMahon Styles. Now, you all know that I have been predicting this and laughing about this and saying Hornswoggle looks like AJ Styles for some time. And now, apparently someone's listening, right? I feel like that uh, song from the 80s, I always feel like somebody's watching me. Because they bring him out as AJ Styles this week. And he looks so much like AJ Styles. I knew I couldn't be the only person that noticed this. It turns out I'm not, and they booked it this way. Carl Anderson brings out Hornswoggle McMahon Styles. Swoggle gets the roll-up pin on Ethan Page. So the phenomenal Hornswoggle McMahon Styles with the win over Ethan Page. And again, I'm going to ask, can we please stop having Hornswoggle on every independent program and at every Royal Rumble? I went to the gas station last week and I ran into Hornswoggle. I said, what are you doing here, Hornswoggle? I'm taking out the garbage last night. Hornswoggle's in my backyard. He's just standing in my backyard next to the recycle bin. I said, Hornswoggle, I told you we've got to stop this. You've got to stop being everywhere I look because I'm seeing too much Hornswoggle McMahon styles these days. I'm glad he's working. How about we give him half those gigs and he's only at half the independence and we book some other people. Is there any other small person that needs a booking? Is there anybody? Where's Ellsworth these days? No one answer that. No one tell me where Ellsworth is these days. I don't, I don't, I don't want to know. No one wants to know where James Ellsworth is these days. Because no one wants to see another ruined women's money in the bank. Okay, we should move on now. Johnny Swinger found not guilty of shooting Johnny Bravo. Listen, Daddy, that's right, Daddy. He didn't shoot him, Daddy. Johnny Swinger has an awesome gimmick. I don't remember him in ECW. Everybody tells me I saw him there. I tell you what, he's really good now. He's got this gimmick where he has amnesia. He was in a coma for like 25, 30 years, and he thinks it's still the Attitude Era. It's hilarious. If you haven't seen it, If you're not watching Impact Wrestling these days, you need to find something to cut out of your life to make time. Okay? One less trip to Grandma's house is what I'm saying. Moving on, next segment. Falaba versus a jacked-up Daivari. Again, about one minute into the match, a run-in from Eric Young and Joe Doring for the second week in a row, and they clear the ring and they promo, but this time, Rhino comes in. And Rhino lays the smack down for all of about 20 seconds, and then they beat up Rhino. They promo a little more and they leave. This seems to be the formula. Next up, James Mitchell wants Kimberly's soul. Matt Stryker on commentary takes a shot at Vince McMahon at this point, saying that when you sell your soul to the devil, you're told that you can no longer make third-party affiliate contracts and you got to leave your Twitch account. It is time for our main event, Impact title match. And We've got Ken Shamrock taking on the champion, Rich Swan. Ken Shamrock, young man, finally getting his push. In all seriousness though, Ken Shamrock getting one last run in Impact Wrestling, towards the end of his career, he still looks great. It's crazy how good he looks for his age. I remember back in the 90s, dating myself a little, used to watch Ken Shamrock and UFC and during his Intercontinental title run in the WWE, WWF. I remember, you know, he'd do that thing where he got that blank look and he'd start to get angry and his eyes would glaze over and JR would say, He's in the zone! He's getting in the zone! Ken Shamrock's in the zone! they'd snap put somebody in an ankle lock, you know. Now, Ken Shamrock's in a match. and He gets that glazed over look and kind of goes blank in the face. And I think Ken Shamrock has no idea where he is right now. Nope. He has no idea where he is. He doesn't know who this guy he's wrestling is. He doesn't know that this is a work. I think Ken Shamrock might feel like he has to kill this guy right now. And, and it's probably about the time then that you should wrap up your career. Ken Shamrock, Rich Swan. Shamrock gets him in a submission hold. Swan pushes backwards, pins Shamrock's shoulders to the mat. Swan retains. Shamrock snaps. He gets in the zone. Uh, Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock are going to probably end up as a tag team and get themselves a run as Impact Tag Champs, and I support that. I think Sammy Callahan, of course, one of the greatest talents in pro wrestling right now. Post-match, Callahan with a bat to the head of Eddie Edwards, who runs in to try to help out Rich Swan and. They had a past storyline, it wasn't actually a storyline, but Sammy Callahan accidentally hit Eddie Edwards in the eye, in the eye socket with a baseball bat. You know, you know, that happens. And nobody here can say that they weren't horsing around with a friend in the park one day and didn't accidentally swing a bat and crack another guy full force right in his orbital. Nobody can say that hasn't accidentally happened to them, but anyway, that happened a few years ago to actually happen to Eddie Edwards, but... It happened in the career of Sammy Callahan, so now Impact is going to use that. and They have him give a bat to the head of Eddie Edwards, and when you come back, there's just blood everywhere. It was crazy. It's as if he opened his skull up. It was nuts. Good stuff, though. Good use of color at the end of a program. Shamrock then takes out Impact official D'Lo Brown as they're going off the air. Yeah, that D'Lo. Same D'Lo Brown. He's bigger now, but he's still D'Lo. That brings us to the end of our Impact segment. Moving on now... Hello, Ring of Honor, episode 479 from November 20th, 2020. We're going to start off with Jay Briscoe versus the introduction of EC3 in his first singles match in Ring of Honor. I'm excited about that. He wants to know, is honor real, folks? Now listen, EC3, one of the greatest talents in pro wrestling. He actually has his own chapter in the Vince McMahon Book of Spiteful Mistakes. That's right, Vince just wasted this guy's mic skills by creating a character of a guy that doesn't talk. That's right, you bring a guy in who plays the nephew of the owner of your competition, and to show how little credibility you give to that company, you never reference who he's supposed to be, and you don't ever let him say anything. Terrible. Terrible decision by Vince McMahon. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, Vince. You dropped the ball on that one. They got a great story here. EC3 won't make eye contact with Briscoe, but continues to offer a handshake throughout the match. And Briscoe eventually gets fed up. He doesn't think Ethan deserves a shot in Ring of Honor, and he gets himself disqualified, which sets up a rematch between these two. What wrestling they did do was really good. It was a good story. I enjoyed it. And I don't normally like Ring of Honor's writing, so this works out. Post-match, there's a run-in by Joe Namath trying to sell us supplemental health insurance. Uh-huh. Somebody stopped that guy. That's right. Nobody wants to see this. When asked by hot-ass Quinn McKay why he broke the honor code with EC3, uh, Briscoe replies, because, that guy. I thought that was a great answer. It was very succinct. And honestly, this might have been the best 11 minutes of Ring of Honor TV in 479 episodes now. Second match, LSG versus Jay Lethal. It's a split-decision victory for Jay Lethal. Main event of the evening, Matt Taven versus Bateman. Now, one of the many reasons that I dislike Ring of Honor is that 80% of the roster needs more cardio, and that's evidenced by the usual slow pace and soft midsections of all of their performers. Taven has purple tights here. Bateman is in the leopard print stretch pants under leather chaps. I gotta tell you, I've got a hard, steadfast rule about this. I like male pro wrestlers to wear men's clothing. I like to see strippers and webcam girls in leopard print stretch pants. That's just a rule I have. I know everybody else has their own preference. I'm not a Ring of Honor fan. Maybe in order to be a Ring of Honor fan, you have to have a more open mind towards these things. But Taven wins with a roll-through pin. Post-match Benson. Anyway, that might be his name. I don't know because the commentators at Ring of Honor never told me his name. Gosh, you guys. Everything you can do wrong, Ring of Honor does wrong. Uh, Benson comes out looking like a smaller version of Rob Zombie and decides he's going to throw darts at Taven. Before, thank God, the program and the company as a whole were saved by a run-in from Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett, he's got no facial hair and he's got a fancy plaid suit, but all I care about is that Mike Bennett has made his way back on television. He doesn't have Vince McMahon with him and he's got a chance on TV. And I popped. I popped for a Ring of Honor story. I couldn't believe it. It's the first time it's ever happened. It's so great to see Mike Bennett back on TV. Guys like Mike Bennett are the reason why I'm doing a podcast. And the fact that Vince McMahon completely buries Mike Bennett and calls him by his wife's last name, all because, what, they're mad that Maria got pregnant at some point? They're mad that WWE and working dark and undercard matches isn't more important than somebody's family? Mike Bennett has his own chapter in the Vince McMahon book of spiteful mistakes. This was a guy who was an indie darling, and everybody loved him everywhere he went, and Vince never gave him a chance. He had a, a gimmick Vince gave him of the opportunist, and then about, I don't know, four minutes after they signed their contract and Maria gets pregnant, they decide they're just going to completely bury this guy and work Vince's favorite storyline angle for all the years he's been wrestling, the one he always comes back to, the cuckold story. That's what Vince does. Vince likes to have awkward relationship stories, and that's what he did with Mike Bennett, trying to kill his career, but it's great to see Mike Bennett back. You managed to live through a burial by Vince McMahon, sir. That is not easy to do, and I wish you the best in all your future endeavors. Good luck to Mike Bennett. Great to see you back, man. I'm glad I watched Ring of Honor this week. Can't believe I'm saying that. Our third and final review tonight, The Reality of Wrestling, episode 292. From November 22nd, 2020, this comes to us from the World Gym Arena. Booker T's promotion, Booker T's place, Booker T's champions. We're kicking it off with Clay Roberts versus Daniel Miller. Uh, Daniel Miller's got good heel presence, but needs to hit a gym once in a while. I mean, this really looks like the most indie of the indies, and we'll get into why as we get through this. Uh, Clay Roberts, he looks like Daniel Bryan and wrestles like Brad Armstrong. So for the three of you that know what that means, you got a good reference there. Uh, Roberts wins with a crossface over the top of Miller's forehead. Whatever. I don't care. Moving on next, we've got Rachel Rose vs. Jenna Lynn vs. Roxy for the Reality of Wrestling Women's Diamond Championship. If you can get all of that out, it's a triple threat. Probably the most ring-ready right now of these three women is Rachel Rose. Uh, She chose to showcase her legs in this match, and I was a okay with that. The champion, Roxy. Roxy's 19 years old. They book her as having wrestled for three years now. She's been the champion for a few months down there. I understand why. This girl's got the look, got great ring gear that you can tell she's invested some money in. She can sell, she takes great bumps, she tells a story in the ring, and she's sexy. So I understand why she's their champion. Rachel Rose probably has the best technical skills of the three women involved in this match, and she actually had the pinfall, but the babyface champion pulled her off the pin and stole the pin for herself, which is some terrible writing, and I'm not sure there's a lot of things wrong with this independent promotion. Booker T may be great at teaching people how to wrestle, but as far as running a wrestling promotion and and producing a product, this is no good. Booker T's got to get some people in there that know what they're doing. Moving on to the main events, we've got Ryan Davidson versus Abel Andrew Jackson. Big Andy Jackson ain't hit this hard since the War of 1812, folks. Now, from what they're telling me, Abel Andy Jackson just won the belt recently, so it would have been really cool to have an announce and an intro song and maybe a title card telling me who he was. Didn't get any of that you have got to learn how to produce an independent promotion so I'm gonna go ahead and give Booker T some notes here as well as any other promoter that can't figure out why nobody tunes into his product on YouTube or wherever so here we go first of all you have to sell your company you need to name in every segment the name of your company reality of wrestling row whatever row whatever it is you want to call it at least every quarter hour probably regularly every segment every match make sure to work in the name of the company And when you're having a match, identify and sell your talent throughout the match. As a matter of fact, identify and sell your talent throughout the program. Hey, later on tonight, we're going to see wrestler A versus wrestler B. Identify them. Sell your wrestlers. They're your assets. Promote your next big event throughout. I left this program watching an entire episode of TV, having an idea what would be coming up in the future, but having no guaranteed booked match, having no guaranteed promoted event. I have no idea if this company is going to run a pay-per-view, if they're going to run a special event, if it's just going to be another local show. I don't know what they do because they didn't talk about it. I am not an expert on reality of wrestling or any of these little indies, nor are any other casual viewers. You have to pretend like every program is the first time somebody's seen you, Because every program is the first time that somebody's going to have seen you. And I shouldn't have to tell Booker T this. This is crazy. It makes me feel like Booker T's not watching his product. So, hey, Booker T, if you want us to watch your product, you have to watch your product, too. And that brings this episode to a close. We've talked about more indie wrestling tonight in 20 minutes of podcast than any other podcast you are going to listen to this week is going to talk about. Um, Go ahead. Compare and contrast. Tomorrow, Thanksgiving, if you don't tune in, happy Thanksgiving. But you can tune in because we are going to have not one but two drops tomorrow on Thanksgiving. We are going to have an AEW Dynamite review, and we are going to have a special segment drop. So if you can't stand to eat any more of Aunt Shirley's turkey or hear any more of Uncle Chuck's stupid war stories, you can tune in to the All Pro Wrestling 100 podcast. Subscribe where you listen. Have a great holiday.